Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. It's the Guy Benson Show on a Friday. We are joined by Kimberly Strassel, Potomac Watch columnist at the Wall Street Journal. She's a Fox News contributor. Her latest book is Resistance at All Costs. And, Kim, it's good to have you back here. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Guy. It's always great to be here. Before we get to some of the subjects that I was planning to ask you about, I just want to get your immediate reaction here to the breaking news with the Biden administration and the Pentagon now announcing on a Friday afternoon with the president already out at the beach that the ISIS-K reprisal drone strike that the U.S. military carried out on August 29th was, in fact, based on Obviously, deeply flawed intelligence. No terrorists were killed. Ten civilians, including seven children, were killed. And they are now admitting this uh, to the world. We've given our thoughts already, Kim, your reaction. Well, I will say this. Good on them for actually admitting it. Always better to acknowledge your errors than to try to hide them or put them under the rug. Although, although, just to jump in, I, I agree with that. I do wonder if the New York Times had not, and, and credit to the New York Times, if the Times had not deeply dug into this and found basically video evidence, I do wonder if this confession would have ever been made. I would like to think that it would have been, but I think the hand was forced by the New York Times reporting. But be that as it may, they've now admitted it. Sorry for the interruption. No, it's a great point, and it raises the question of they ought to tell us when they realized that they had made the mistake, because that gets to the question of how fulsome they are and whether or not they did intend to come out or whether or not they were sitting on this until they got exposed. But I think it's important to also remember the context of this. You know, we had a botched withdrawal. Everything was a disaster. The United States was uh, sitting there in the airport. There were warnings of terrorist attacks. Uh, The president continued to refuse to bulk up our military presence there to do the evacuation. And suddenly there's a terrorist attack that kills a number of American servicemen. And the president comes out. And does the tough guy speech says, we're going to yep. we're going to hunt you down and get you. And they rush to do this drone strike so that they could look as if they were getting, you know, going out and finding the perpetrators. They did they it. They getting a win. Um, yes. Yeah. They, and, and like just, they were so, taking it just to, to they were taking L after L after L for their I mean, for good reason, because they were they did this so stupidly and incompetently. They needed a W. People were angry and hurting, and they said, all right, let's drone these terrorists, and they did, and now we know they weren't terrorists. 
But I think that that's a really important distinction to make, okay, because it's one thing to have planned and and formulated uh, ideas for months and intelligence and go after suspected terrorists and, and maybe still get it wrong, but you put a lot of thought into it. You know, this was done in the heat of a political moment, which makes it all the more shameful. And one more point on this, Kimberly, and again, I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but I mean, my goodness, I mean, there were people in the early days after that saying, who exactly did we kill? Why are we taking them at their word that this was, you know, ISIS-K fighters? They, they're not identifying who they were. And I sort of said, OK, well, hang on. Let, let's not let's not go too crazy here. It seemed like those conspiracy minded people were actually vindicated in this case. So therefore, I have to ask the question as a critical thinker, we ceded control of Kabul and security in Kabul to the Taliban. They put in charge of security in Kabul at that time the leader of a terrorist organization, the Haqqani Network. We then get intelligence that there is an att- another attack coming, which then induces us to engage in a deadly drone strike against what turns out to be a Toyota, apparently, filled with civilians and kids. Where did that intelligence come from? Were we, who are we relying on for that intelligence, given the situation on the ground and who was running the situation on the ground in Kabul at that time? I mean, my yeah, mind yeah. goes certain places about were we relying on terrorists for anti-terrorist intelligence, and was this done either through a gigantic screw-up, or was this done deliberately to eventually result in the type of another black eye that the United States is now dealing with? Could this have been done to us just by very untrustworthy people being trusted in the moment in, a, in sort of this desperate circumstance from a political standpoint? But don't you remember, Guy, the Taliban are our allies now. <laughs> I mean, just... you know, everything you just described is surreal. I can't even believe this is an organization and the Haqqani Network that has spent decades uh, with this mission of killing American servicemen. The, the very the idea that you even we are saying the words, uh, were we relying on these people? We clearly were in some capacity. How much is the question you are asking? And, you know, that really is should be top line. I also vividly remember the days after that drone strike where all they would tell us is that, trust us, it was an important ISIS, quote, planner who was yes. killed. What does that even mean, by the way, a planner? You know, it, it, it they just it seems so incredibly obvious at the time, but definitely now that this was done just to take an action so that they could look like they were doing something and Innocent people are dead as a result. Kimberly, I want to get to a few other issues with you. Before I do that, just very quickly, some breaking news and a Fox News alert to bring to the audience. An FDA panel has voted 16 to 3 against approving COVID boosters. This is just coming through. Wow. So we are just going to keep an eye on that and make sure that we have that detail correct. But apparently it's a no for now. Um, I'm not sure if that's like broadly for universal boosters or if they can approve it for certain people. We're keeping an eye on that developing story on what turned out to be an extremely busy Friday news day. Kim, I want to talk to you now about some breaking news from last night. 
it emerged that John Durham, who had gone almost completely silent, it felt like, just underground for a long period of time, looking into the Russia investigation, uh, he popped his head up and secured an indictment from a federal grand jury against an attorney with ties to the Democratic Party in connection with this probe that he's involved in. Uh, Your analysis of the significance of that charge, which has to do with lying to the FBI, and I know a number of other people who have looked at this said, the fact that this uh, indictment and the documents, it's not just a paragraph or two, it's dozens of pages, it might look like Durham is setting up uh, to drop a few other bombshells on the FBI and others related to this whole question. What is your assessment of what just happened? I actually think this is a very important moment. Um, and if you listen to some of the media, they're suggesting, oh, you know, lying to the Fed charge. That's all you got. But here's the deal. So we're dealing with Michael Sussman, a powerhouse attorney at Perkins Coie, which represents Democrats and the Clinton campaign. And, you know, often when you have lying charges in 99 percent of the cases, what happens is the FBI has an investigation. They call in a target. They have an interview. Then they later, often when they can't get a bigger charge to stick, comb through the transcript and say, here, look at this discrepancy and charge you with lying to the feds. This is an incredibly different situation. Mr. Sussman stands accused in this indictment of working with political operatives, billing the Clinton campaign. So he was clearly on the payroll coming into the FBI with a smear on Donald Trump um, and telling the uh, FBI general counsel that he was not doing work for any client, but rather leading the FBI to believe that he was a good citizen, merely passing on information uh, and triggering this FBI investigation, which Perkins Coie and Fusion GPS and others immediately made sure got to the press and were in the headlines prior to the election. So that's one reason. The second reason this is important is 27 pages outlining the reality that this conspiracy, and I will use that word, by the Clinton campaign to smear Donald Trump and gin up this FBI investigation was much bigger than just Fusion GPS and the Steele dossier. And that's the real elements of it here that matter, because it does suggest that there could be yet more to come. And what could that look like, the more to come? Well, a couple of the things that come out in this uh, indictment is that in addition to Fusion GPS and the Steele dossier, you had lawyers within Perkins Coie, uh, Mr. Sussman, but also uh, who appears to be Mark Elias, the former general counsel for the Clinton campaign who worked for Perkins Coie, and then an unnamed tech executive who was using his Internet companies to mine through both public and non-public Internet information for stuff that they would be able to throw at and claim the Trump administration was in bed with the uh, with the Russians, um, not only using his companies to access this non-public information, but using researchers at a university who were waiting for a government contract to look through information that they had been given in that capacity from the U.S. government. So I think there are some real questions about whether other laws weren't broken here. Um, and there's also just a hint, a whiff in here, that he's building this kind of narrative of all of these people working together via the Clinton campaign to gin up an FBI investigation, which we know, but when you see it in black and white on a paper, does lead to some questions about 
what kind of charges could you bring in a situation like that? And I don't have the answer, but but this is certainly a lot wider and more planned than anybody has ever fessed up to in the past. All right, Kimberly, just to jump in here again with some of this breaking news, I just want to confirm what we had just said a moment ago. The FDA advisory panel has soundly rejected a plan to offer booster shots uh, for most Americans 16 and older. That just coming down right now. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say that's a bit of a surprise outcome from the FDA. That was the announced Biden policy. Uh, the White House had come out and said, this is something that we are going to move forward with. Now the FDA has rejected it. So th- that's, I mean, a bit shocking, quite frankly. Another piece of completely unrelated breaking news just crossing the French government uh, has recalled their ambassador from Washington, D.C., and also from Canberra, protesting this new alliance between the United States and the U.K. and Australia, the nuclear submarine situation that we talked about yesterday. I'm supportive of this alliance. I think uh, giving more resources and and weaponry to the Australians in the face of the Chinese menace and threat, I think, is a good thing. Apparently, the French are furious that they were not read into this sooner. Apparently, they read about it in the news, which is a bad look. And the Biden administration keeps just racking up wins with our allies. Obviously, I think the French are already pissed at us based on what happened in Afghanistan. It is a pretty dramatic move to recall an ambassador from an ally, Kimberly. But that is what Paris has decided to do here. Your quick reaction to that as news is just yeah. exploding everywhere. I mean, I think what we're finding here, and you just put your finger on it, is is not the deal itself, which I agree with you. This is very important. Nuclear-powered subs are going to give Australia a much better forward reach. They're much harder to see. Diesel subs, which were the ones that the French were making, and the contract that got canceled, they have to surface much more frequently. So this is a, a, a good advancement to Australia's defense capabilities. Um, but, uh, yeah, the idea that we just didn't even let France know um, and handled it this way, this is not how you treat an ally. I can appreciate that they are very angry about this. Um, and, yes, recalling an ambassador, <laughs> by the way, definitely a step above their first reaction was to cancel a party. Um, yes. But recalling an ambassador <laughs> is, a, is a much bigger step, and it looks as though the Biden administration has got another mess with its allies after Afghanistan that it's got to try to fix. Yeah, I think the French could probably uh, calm down a bit here. I think this is an overreaction from them because I think the actual policy here, this is not about the French having their feelings hurt. This is about China and standing up to China. And I actually fully support what the Biden administration did on the policy. But you have to think strategically about who wants to get and needs to be read in at certain times so they're not humiliated and betrayed in certain ways when we're on thin ice already because of Afghanistan. And now, you know, Mr. Foreign Policy, Mr. Restoring Our Standing in the World, has another giant diplomatic row on his hands with the French, of all people, as a Democrat. I mean, that that actually is uh, very impressive, if you think about it, for someone like Joe Biden to be able to pull this off. But gosh darn it, he's done it. And perhaps he's uh, taking the weekend at the beach just to enjoy all of these successes over which he's presiding. Kimberly, last question reconciliation you've written about this we're just bouncing from topic to topic <laughs> the, the democrat only bill that they're trying to shepherd through here uh, choppy waters for sure in the house and the senate what are you hearing and what are you reporting at potomac watch well things certainly grew dimmer for them this week and that's interesting because i was one of those that 
all through the last month, they have just presented this as a fate accompli, no problem, we'll come together. And there's some reasons to believe that. Nancy Pelosi is very good at frog marching her people into line. But it was always clear at the sweep and the nature of this, so many moving provisions uh, and so many divisions within that party uh, among the different states, among the House, between the House and the Senate, uh, that this was going to be a tough haul. And now you're seeing it. You're seeing it on disagreements over, for instance, assault tax cap. Uh, you're seeing it over uh, uh, green energy policy. You're seeing it over the size and the scope of the program, about individual different tax pieces, uh, for instance, the inheritance tax. Um, this is going to be a remarkable feat if they can pull things together. But as ever, the, the, the real threat here is that you you go far enough one way, you alienate those centrists. You go far enough the other way, you alienate progressives, and they have got zero margins at the moment. Kim Strassel, Potomac Watch columnist, the Wall Street Journal, Fox News contributor. Thanks for rolling with the punches there. We had a lot of ground to cover with news uh, just breaking all over the place on this Friday afternoon here on The Guy Benson Show. Kim, always a pleasure. Looking forward to next time. Thanks, Guy. That was this week's edition of The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at FoxAcrossAmerica.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.